up, you guys? Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. In this podcast, we're going to take you down, pass your guard, and then steal your girl. Thanks for tuning in. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. Here at Ratchet Dojo, we are always trying to get to know some of our jujitsu brethren on the East Coast scene. Tonight, we are joined by jujitsu black belt and owner of Legends Martial Arts, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike the Thriller the Villa. What's, What's up, up, baby? Guys? What's, What's up? What's up? <laughs> How you doing? What's going on, man? Yeah, good, you, man. Feeling good. Yeah? Yeah, man. You just got off the mats, you said, right? Happy, uh, say again? You just got off the mats? L- literally just got off the mats. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> What's got up with a, that? Got a good hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I got, um, got to lose some weight. <laughs> the quarantine, uh, didn't do my stomach any justice. So a little excess weight. Got to get that worked out. Got some tournaments coming up, so trying to get ready. And what do you got lined up? Uh, I got the first Jiu-Jitsu Overtime EBI coming up uh, July 19th. And where's that going to be? It's going to be uh, El Paso, Texas. Oh, wow. So you got to stay in yeah. shape. Yeah, yeah. I got to cut. I started off uh, so it's a 145-pound tournament. Uh, when I got the invite, I looked at my weight. I was 189 pounds. So that's some work to do. <laughs> I think we all do. We can all relate. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think everybody does. I got a little <laughs> belly going on today. You know, like that little, little muffin top. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was starting to enjoy it. I was starting to enjoy it. I can see why some people like the dad box. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Mike, uh, for our listeners, let's get a chance to get to know who you are. Um, like I said, like I was talking to you before off the mic um, or before the, the show, I know you, I know of you. I just never had an opportunity to interact with you or train with you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Born and raised in the Bronx, still currently live in the Bronx. Started training in 2010. I try. I started just for some recreational use. I was wasn't really doing much. I didn't even really wanted to do just too. I thought it was kind of a little too close quarters. I didn't like people in my face. But uh, for some reason, uh, after six months, I was like, oh, I love this stuff. So, you know, 10 years later, here I am. I started out of school in the Bronx for about seven years. Had a little falling out and ended up at Marcello's and uh, got my black belt at Marcello Garcia. Cool, cool. And how old are you right now? I'm 37. Okay. And you do jujitsu full-time? Uh, I do, but I also work full-time. Oh, and what do you do for work? I, I work for Montefiore Hospital in the Bronx. I'm a account payable manager. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, as far as martial arts is concerned, uh, you know, did you do anything besides jujitsu previously? Uh, actually, no. I mean, uh, growing up, you know, to get into, you know, Ninja Turtles was part of my era and <laughs> Karate Kid and Power Rangers. So, you know, I was always in my room kicking and punching the air, wanting to do karate and stuff. But uh, never, never got around to doing it. But I was always very athletic. Uh, I played baseball in my life. I played football in high school four years. I ran track four years. So I was very active. So I had a very active childhood, uh, very physical. So um, I was competing early on. So competition was like in my blood already. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're obviously a competitor. So can you tell us a little bit about that as far as like what, what you love about competing? Yeah, sure, man. It's, it's, it's funny because like, someone asked me this question the other day. So I got to be honest, like competing, like the, 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 the minute before you step on the mat, competing sucks because you got to go through, you got to go through the, 
the process. Like I got to get the butterflies out. I got to warm up. I got to cool down. I got to get my mind right. But I like, I, I like and hate that process because it makes you feel like you're, you're getting ready for something, you know, and you're getting in competition. It's especially like a uh, martial arts. It's one-on-one, you know, you've got your team behind your back and everything, but you're solely in there by yourself. So I like to look at it as uh, I'm, I'm always testing myself. You know, I have other opponents and I respect them. Uh, but I always, always go in there thinking, how can I beat myself today? Or how can I succeed against myself? It's usually, it's always a mental thing of just going in there and making sure you're prepared. If you don't feel prepared, you're going to show it. If you're prepared, you don't come out on top, you've got things to work on. So there's always something to gain from competition. You know, when you train, if you just train on the mat, that's fine too. You don't do recreational training. But I feel like, you know, if you just do recreational training, you don't know what you really need to work on, you know? So when you get on the mat and compete, you know, oh, I got my back taken or I gave up that pass. Those are things that you can actively work on in the next time you get back on the mat to train. So it's always something, you always gain something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating, you know, as far as jujitsu is concerned. It's like, we have that mindset, you know, because I come from like a, a boxing background. It's like, and losing is not a good thing whatsoever. It's like when you lose, yeah. you're like, you know, I mean, you might as well just quit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like you quit, you question, you question your whole existence. <laughs> <laughs> but in jujitsu, it's kind of fascinating because it's like, once you like lose, it, it really forces the individual to go back on the mats, troubleshoot, reconfigure, and then, you know, and then do it all over again. And yeah, and, that, and that's the fun part. That's the fun part. I enjoy that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so no one's going to say I like to lose. I, I don't. I hate losing. It mm-hmm. sucks. But I think like that process that you just explained about, okay, how did you lose? Are you going to go back and just sulk? Are you going to be upset? Are you going to blame the refs? Are you going to blame, you know, a dirty move or whatever? But really, you, you're ultimately, you're in control of the situation. And I think that's the, what separates the high-level competitors to just like the regular competitors. They know that they are in control at least 95% of the time in the situation. And if they lose control, they find a way to gain it back. So uh, that's, a, that's something that I'm currently working on. And every time, like, even like during the, during the course, you know, I was watching a lot of matches. I always watch, only watch the matches that I lose. So I see where the holes are at. You know, I, I think I do a decent job of fixing them. It, it's always like coming and checking and really having a, uh, a one-on-one with yourself. What, what being honest with yourself. And I think that's the, that's the main thing is, to be honest with yourself, did you, did you, uh, you know, get a little lazy in this movement? Did you not follow up with your conditioning? Not up to par. So it's, it's just, it's a very humbling experience. And what I like hear from what you're talking about is just like, you're taking 100% responsibility for everything. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's a hard reality to say I, I messed up, you know, I like, you got to really humble yourself like and, and look at yourself and say, you know, this is nobody else's fault but mine. You know, did I put enough time in the mat? Was I was I fucking around, you know, during my, my diet? You know, and, and I think that actually helps, at least for me and I and I think a lot of people can agree, it helps you become a better person too. So you hold yourself accountable. Yep. And if you can hold your, if you can hold accountability with yourself, you know, you can you can start really digging and figuring things out that probably lay a little bit deeper under that that top layer. You know? Maybe it's not even training. Maybe it's my mental mindset. Maybe, you know, work is too much or family stuff. You know, the day-to-day stuff is always a factor in it too. But what I understand is, or at least from my experience is like, you know, when you take 100% responsibility for one area of life in this, in this situation, uh, training or getting ready for a competition, I, I realized that it definitely moves other areas in my life, whether that's uh, professionally or personally. 
Have you had that experience ever? You know, it's, I don't know, it's a good question. I, I, no, or a better way to I say it I, is that, you know, you, you're finding out a little bit more about yourself than you, you, you know, you, you knew before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, I think uh, I, my, my, uh, my journey to this has uh, really been like a self-discovery. Yep. And really, uh, really understand my relationships in my life, you know, whether it be romantic or uh, family or just even work relationships. It's made, made me a little more confident uh, where in areas I weren't, where I, where I wasn't. You know, sometimes I feel like maybe I was a little too lax and I let people kind of get their way over me. Uh, I didn't, I didn't stand my ground or, and then I would feel bad. Like why, why did I allow myself to do it? You know, and coming, they were circling back to the whole accountability thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's really, uh, I had that, those characteristics, but I think jujitsu helped me amplify it and really, you know, be uh, happy with myself. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that like the more like we find out about ourselves, you know, through jujitsu, it's like the more things in, 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 in our life that used to like bother us is kind of like, it doesn't even really matter anymore. Yeah. It goes away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why I try to get everybody to come to jiu-jitsu because uh-huh. it's, uh, it helps you purge, you know, that, that, uh, that negative energy that, you know, we carry around for day to day, you know, in, in any given moment we can have a good day and then some things can just change it, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean I have to kill a whole or day or week or month, but you know, we can kind of understand where it's coming from. You know, I think it makes everything a better, better right. time. Gotcha. And, and okay, so here, I want to go back to what you said, and I just want to dissect it a little bit more, which is number one, you are a martial artist. Number two, you're a competitor. Number three, you are a business owner or you, you know, you're responsible for other people in the world of jujitsu. You mentioned earlier that there is a difference between like somebody that's just doing this as, let's just say, quote unquote, a hobby and somebody that's like a a competitor. And um, I'm always fascinated about this because- some people do come into jujitsu just to have fun and, and get into shape. And some people do it because they want to take it to a whole nother level, you know, from, from an athletic perspective. Is there really a difference as far as a hobbyist and a competitor? Um, I think on surface level, there's a difference because you're, you are, a competitor is really pushing their upper limits. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think, I think in, uh, in, um, Overall, it's the same, uh, only because we, the goal is the same. It's just getting better. It's yep. self-improvement. Got it. And um, I feel like that's that's ultimately like the same uh, the same thing between a competitor and just a hobbyist, quote unquote. Yeah, you know, because you know, like you like you were just saying earlier, it's like you know, it's you versus you when you're competing, and uh, as a hobbyist, it's it's kind of like they're they're looking for self-improvement. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I like to look at myself as a hobbyist these days and I'm just look, looking to <laughs> get in shape. Yeah, and, and that's cool. <laughs> and that's then, totally cool. Yeah, and and I you know, I've done the competitions and stuff like that as well. And um, you know, and 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 frankly speaking, it's completely stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, like that's the first thing I said. It's the most amount of stress that you can put yourself through. As I said, it's, it's actually not fun. <laughs> it's fun once the once slap hands and go because now it's just like a regular train sessions, but like walking up to the mat, warming up, getting ready, waiting for them to call your name. That shit is fucking stressful. <laughs> it's yeah, not man. fun. Yeah, that, and, so, and anybody says that it's fun, they're lying. <laughs> so, so actually, uh, can you like walk us through that? Because there's some, there may be less that's never competed before and they have absolutely no desire to compete. But can you tell us about what happens to you, you know, before you actually step on the mats for your first match? What, are you, what is your routine? Uh, so my, my routine, 
now, now that the last probably two, three years, I, I have like an actual routine that I go through. Uh, I get to the, to the venue early. I try to, you know, hydrate, make sure I'm hydrated, get a little nap. I try to like find a corner away from everybody so I can just kind of be like in, you know, c- control my breathing and, and trying to breathe through it. Cause you still get the butterflies in there that you got to manage. So, you know, that's like the big, that's the pre-process of just getting my mind in the venue, feeling the, feeling the air, you know, staying warm, getting a, a piece of sweat in. Then uh, once, you know, you've got about half an hour or an hour ready to go, you know, start warming up, get a good sweat going. It's really important to get a sweat going. One of the things that I learned was uh, when I first started to compete, I would just jump on the mat and go. And halfway through the match, I'm dying. And I'm like, oh, I have good cardio. I can I go all the time in the mat. I can go two hours in the gym, going straight. But if you don't warm up, you're, you, you, don't put, you, you, uh, you put your body through a shock. Mm-hmm. When you went from not doing anything to jumping in the mat where another human being is trying to tear your arm off. Mm-hmm. So your body goes through like this, what the fuck are you doing to me? So it's good to get a good sweat going. So your body's like, okay, we're, we're getting ready for something. You know, breathing, c- controlling your breathing, uh, opening up the pores, get a little, you know, get a little shine on your, on your skin. And then uh, from there, you know, once you get on the mat and, uh, you know, I say like a little prayer to myself, um, you know, I'm not the most religious person, but sometimes, you know, I just want to make sure I come out of there healthy and no one gets hurt, including my partner. I'm not really looking there to, to, you know, hurt my partner, but that's just, you know, those little rules of engagement and, you know, just get in there and have fun. You know, I I tell my students all the time too, like, you know, a lot of them want to compete. I got a lot of white belts and, you know, they, you know, they ask a lot of questions and and, I try to say, it's, it's just another rolling session. You're just rolling with somebody, somebody new that came into the gym, you know, gets a little bit, you know, angst because there's, there's crowds, people are watching. So you feel like, Oh, I can't let my team or my coach down. But you know, those are things that you got. Those are, those are personal things. They don't care. They just want to see you do well. You know, they want to see you go out there and perform well. Yeah. That is a whole nother skill set on its own, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yes, totally, totally. <laughs> and you that, can only that, learn. I mean, I, I think I think I I think I lucked out because I was competing at an early age. Uh huh. But like having to drown out the sound and hear your coach and hearing one voice, that takes practice. That's yeah. that's something that you have to practice in the gym too. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I've I've noticed, or what I've what I did in the past, is like I started to model other competitors. Uh, yeah. And at the time it was like the, they were called the, the Brown Belt Dream Team at Marcelo's and uh, just observing everyone's approach to competition. And uh, I started to model that. So for example, uh, let's just say, I'm just going to just pick a random name, uh, like Munchie, for example, right? He Ooh. would like, I, I've, I've noticed actually not just Munchie, but all of them, like they would like, as soon as they, they the, the referee tells them to come to the mat, they would just like run to, to the referee and, and just like be the first one on the mat. And it was, it was wild because I saw the, their opponent just walking, but it was that energy. And then it was like yeah. being first, it's like that mentality. And, and I started to model that. And once I started to model that, it really helped me succeed in, in competitions. And, yeah. and what I, why I say that is, and that's why I asked you to explain your process because it's like, I feel that some people lack that that preparation, right. you know, training hard yeah. in, on the mats is, is, is another, is, is one skill training for yeah. actual competitions, a whole nother thing. So a whole, it's a whole nother animal, mm-hmm. a whole nother animal. Um, but you, but you said a good thing. It's, uh, it's the energy. Like yeah. you want to have good, strong, confident energy, you know, cause you, 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 
I, like I said, for I mean, for me, I, I think you know, if you pick some other people's brain, it's, it's really for themselves. Like running on the mat, that's for them. They're already first on the mat. That's the that's the first thing that they feel in, is being first. Yeah, they're ready. To you go. know, so you you yeah, you're ready to go. You got that <laughs> energy already going in the right part of the. Uh, it's like tug of war, and, and the, the the rope is more on your side. Yep. You know, so you you want to start exactly like that. You know, I'm a little bit lax. I'm a little bit more like uh, reserved. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of my matches, you can see that way. Like, I'm just kind of like, I, I go with the flow. I'm not a very high energy type of person, but like, you know, I like to like own my space. You know, I, I think that's another thing too. It's something that I had to learn also is having confidence, you know, and, um, that, that comes with time. You have to develop that. So again, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a skill. Some people have it. Some people are just naturally confident and gifted. So that part comes easy for me. You know, I was always, uh, I was always the smaller one in, in, you know, growing up. So it was like playing football or whatever. I was very confident only because, you know, that's just, I feel like that's the only way I could succeed. I wasn't always the fastest or the biggest or the strongest, but like just having that kind of mentality does elevate you, especially in moments like that when you're ready to go. So like for somebody like much running onto the mat, like that's his process of getting in, getting ready and doing it, you know? And uh, for me, it's more just like the second my foot touches the mat, I feel like I'm, I'm with the mat. I'm, I'm like, um, it, this is home. Like I just got home from work. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is, and this is the last part I um, I just want to add. It's just like, it's funny how like all those, that butterfly, you know, like goes away the minute you like, you slap hand, you bump fist and you're like- and It disappears. It just disappears, right? <laughs> all that shit that you were worked yeah, up for man. to do it, the whole two hours getting there and all that shit, your stomach, you go into the bathroom, every five seconds, it goes away. It's oh gone. man, you're making me reminisce now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times. Anyways, um, so I want to shift gears a little bit as far as you you mentioned that you were training out in the Bronx and you you made a transition to MGA. How was that transition for you? So that was that was a crazy time in my life, actually. That was, um, you know, I don't you know, I spoke earlier before. I don't want to go too much into it, but we'll talk about it. Um, It's up to you. So, like, you know, I was new to the world of martial arts. I was new to the world of jujitsu. So. To me, all I knew was my gym. I just knew my gym. I would compete. I didn't really know people after after competing. Usually, some people like they exchange numbers, they talk, they talk about training. I wasn't me. I compete, shake my part, my opponent's hands, and I'm off the mat. I'm hanging out with my teammates, you know, getting food afterwards. So for seven years, that's what I did. So I didn't really know too many people outside the world. Mm-hmm. One thing I also didn't know is the politics of which kind of comes up from time to time. Um, and you know, I got to a situation at the gym where I didn't want to turn down an opportunity. Uh, I was a little bit, I was probably 32 at the time. So I was a little, a little bit older. I, I, I didn't think that this was going to be like, uh, a life, a lifestyle in the sense that I was going to make money off of it. I just wanted opportunities. You know, I, I enjoyed competing. I enjoyed getting out there and doing things and, you know, and, and having fun and, you know, and earning my keep. And I, you know, I got invited to a tournament and I was excited. It was, I just had just got my brown belt. I was doing well. I was doing well on the scene. and. Um, I was asked to step down uh, for the tournament and I was acting in a way that kind of, it was more of like discouraging me from doing it. And it made me feel some kind of way. Like I was a little bit discouraged instead of being encouraged. You know, these are my coaches. These are guys that are, you know, I'm investing myself in with them too. And, and I just, I just survived brought me back to a time in my life where I had an opportunity and I let, I let, I let someone dictate it to me and I lost it. So I made a promise, you know, years ago, never to let that happen again. You know, lo and behold, Mm. the opportunity came and I, you know, I I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to step down. And I was asked to leave. And uh, after I left, you know, I was kind of like, oh shit, you know, 
kind of like, what do I do? You know, I was, this is all I was doing. I was, I go, I have a full-time job. I work uh, 7.30 to 5 o'clock. I run to the gym. I, I train for three hours, you know? So that was like my everyday schedule. And I was like, you know, where do I go? This is all I knew was that gym. Then a buddy of mine told me, you know, let me go down to, you know, Marcelo's. You know, it was, it's further out the way, much further out the way. But I needed to train. I still was going to plan on c- competing. So I had got to MGA, you know, I spoke to Marcelo and uh, he's an absolute heart. He was very much no bullshit. He was like, just, if you want to do jujitsu, let's do jujitsu. I don't care about what happened before. I, as long as you want to be here, let's just, let's be here. And you know, that's, that's, that's all I needed to hear. But that whole process of getting ready, you know, it was a whole new scene, new people, uh, new vibe. You know, I don't want to go in there. I don't, I'm very like humble. So I don't really like to go in and like, like be too aggressive. So I was going and I was getting my ass kicked. I was getting like washed up by blue belts and, you know, purple belts. Not that they make any difference, but they were just good, you know? And so it made me second guess myself. Like, oh shit, am I even ready for this tournament? And, you know, I've got my ass kicked a lot during training. And then, you know, probably like a month and a half out, I started to get a groove. I was kind of getting close to some of the guys. Mateos uh, actually, you know, took me under his wing a little bit. And uh, I started work, working out with a lot of the, the, with Munch, you know, with them when they were there. And, um, you know, and then, it, and then it started to feel, I started to feel welcome. You know, it was like, you know, I had to earn my keep. When I understood that, you know, you go somewhere new, you just, that's not your place. You got to earn it. So I was prepared for that, but it was just like so much was happening in in, in a short amount of time that it was, it was almost kind of hard to manage. But uh, I ended up, you know, doing pretty well in the tournament. I made it to the semifinals. You know, I lost to the guy that won, won the whole thing. So it was, it, it was, um it was a sad time, but it was also a good time because, it, it opened up my world in jiu-jitsu. I started to meet a lot of people and starting to get more comfortable with myself. Yeah, that's you know, that's kind of wild because it's like, you know, like you said, you you started in, in one academy. You've been there since Brown Belt. And then yeah. it's like somebody pulled a rug under you and then like, now you now what do you do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You spend all that time there, you know? Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's not like it was by choice, you know, it was just like, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like I just left. It was like, I fucking got them out of here. That wasn't the case. Like you did a Creonche, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I did a Creonche. <laughs> Which was our previous episode, by the way, if you haven't heard. I know. That I, one. Saw, I saw it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right. Well, you know, that, that's cool, man. So, uh, how has, are you still training at MGA? Well, I mean, obviously uh, still, not, I'm, not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not right now. Um, I was just, uh, so six years again, I had just, uh, was in the process of looking for a gym, you know, I wanted to open up a gym. So during that time of searching for a gym and actually getting it open, having the doors open now, like I haven't really been down to MGA. I stay in touch with those guys, but mm-hmm. I got to fix my schedule where I can make it down there at least once or twice a week. But yeah, I'm, I'm MGA. My, my belt's there, my blood's there, you know, all the way. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm there mentally. I'm not there physically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you right now. I'm there mentally right now, but I'm going to make it there physically too. All right, cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your academy? Yeah, so um, I opened up a gym up in Briarcliff Manor, New York, uh, Legends Martial Arts up in uh, Briarcliff uh, Manor. It's a uh, brand new, brand new facility. Uh, it used to be actually was pre-owned before. It was a, it was a CrossFit gym prior. But I uh, got a good, decent space. But uh, luckily, uh, you know, all my students stood with me. You know, I'm very grateful for that. It's a, it's a testament to, to how, how uh, adamant they are of learning and trusting me mm-hmm. and uh, my partner, Adam. And uh, so it, it, it's been a little bit surreal coming back and having all my students still stay with me. I, I know a bunch of guys had a hard time. Some guys even closed their gyms up, and, and it sucks. But, you know, um, 
I'm just, I'm very lucky that, you know, these guys stuck around and, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Congratulations on that. And I'm hoping no, that phase you. four hits, uh, you know, very soon. And then you can. Yeah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's hard, man. The guys are asking and training, you know, they, they know that I'm training for the, for a tournament, but you know, I, I want to have guys in here, but I got to be careful. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to get shut down or something happens. Someone gets sick. You know, I want to be careful with all that stuff too, but. I just hope, I hope we do go back to some type of normalcy soon. It's, well, it's, it's, it's due. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think you can train for a competition when you're doing solo drills six feet apart. No, right? not at all. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to turn out too good for me. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I keep referencing uh, old previous podcasts, but you definitely want to listen to the one where I did with a, with a lawyer, Andrew Left, where oh, really? he, okay. he talked about, you know, are you, will you be liable if you are, you know, if one of your students get catch COVID. So you, you guys would definitely want to oh, check wow. that out. So I'm definitely going to, I definitely will. It's kind of like legal, free legal advice. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, good. <laughs> I uh, definitely use that. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you one last question and, and, you know, and I ask all my guests this question. So you've been in the jujitsu scene for quite some time and you live in the Bronx. So <laughs> you definitely <laughs> have seen some ratchet stuff. <laughs> So, so I live in it. I, I live for that stuff. <laughs> so can you share with us one ratchet story? That one you ratchet recall? story. <laughs> uh, in terms of jiu-jitsu or just, you whatever. know, regular life? Whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> wow. So I've actually made it too many. I remember one time, and this is kind of like segue how I got, got into jiu-jitsu. I remember going out uh, in the Bronx. thing to do was, you know, hit up Shimon, find a bunch of little bars a party and have a couple of drinks, hang out with your friends. And I remember going out with some friends of mine and, uh, you know, a couple of guys were there that were a little bit too drunk. And, we, you know, we were some, with some ladies, uh, a couple of friends of mine from work. So, you know, I, I knew them and they were kind of not getting attention to the guys. So they were getting a little bit of, you know, aggressive and loud and kind of causing a scene. And I was like, you know what, man? So a couple of my friends, like, let's get out. You're at a diner. So we get up, we walk up. And, you know, I'm walking out. The guy says, these guys, yeah, you better fucking leave pussies. And then I'm, I'm very, I'm, now I'm very calm. Before I was a fucking hothead. So, like, I hear that and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm a pussy. So come stay to my face. Mind you, this guy was probably 220 pounds. He was going to fuck me up. <laughs> he was a big dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Right? And I got to go. Like, I'm, I'm with my friends. I, I, I'm with the girls from work. So I'm like, oh, shit. He, he came running at me. And I said, okay, this is going to go. I closed my eyes. I threw an overhand right. He fucking dropped. I looked at my I looked at my hand, looked at him on the floor. I said, oh, shit, let me get the fuck out of here. And I, I bounced. And fucking three weeks later, I started jujitsu. <laughs> like, never again. <laughs> I got lucky. I tell you, I've been very lucky in my life. <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, oh, absolutely. Man. There's always some good fighters that come out of the Bronx, no matter what. You know, I, oh, yeah, I have a lot time, of friends man. that Rock are like place, boxers. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All come from the Bronx. Well, absolutely. anyways, um, Mike, uh, where can people find you and your academy? Sure. Um, my IG handle is Thrilla underscore the Thrilla BJJ. Uh, you can look, check up my uh, website online. It's legendsfightclubnewyork.com. Uh, if you guys are anywhere in, in Westchester, New York area, come down. Legends Martial Arts, Right Close Manor, New York. Look us up. We're on Google, uh, Instagram, uh, Legends Martial Arts. It's a handle for uh, IG also. So, you know, hit me up on, on my IG or um, the Legends IG or 
soon as they email on the website. Um, we want to come down and train or, you know, our doors are going to be open soon and we welcome everybody. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, good luck to you on your EBI, uh, event. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And, and with that said, you guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Rhoda's show from Ratchet Dojo. And remember, everyone can get a little ratchet. Peace, you guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> thanks, Michael. Welcome, man.